Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree, I know you had a big week. Tell me about how it all went down at the meeting. Ooh, chow. This is the kind of meeting that you like have to make a vodka lemonade after. (laughs) (laughs) It was like I did a marathon or like some other physical feat that I'm ill-equipped for. Um, As you all who have been listening before know, Tastemakers has been figuring out who we are in the middle of COVID. And we've had this really exciting thing happen with a thread and we've been experimenting with membership. And so this meeting was really the meeting where I'm supposed to be like, it's going amazing. And like, this is the direction we're going with. And like, this is what's ahead. And I worked really hard. Like, I don't think I've ever prepared for a meeting like this hard. It was like 55 slides, like phone a friend. Wow, 55? 55. Mind you, we just did the thread the Sunday before. So this meeting is on a Thursday. So the whole week before, I'm putting on like our big ass event. I remember because yeah. you had just finished it. And then you were like, I have to go work on this meeting like every night. Literally. So it was like, OK, big event done. Now it's time to go in on this meeting. And I really wanted to get like the materials out. And I should have known that the meeting was going to be rough when like I sent the info out and it was like, a bunch of questions right away. And I was like, You mean like when you sent the pre-read? Yeah, for I, the I, I sent the pre-read mm-hmm. for the meeting and I'm like, Beyonce's feeling myself is playing. Like, I'm like, yes, I did that. Like I did that. And then it was like, what's this? And this is missing. And I was like, beow, 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 beow. like it was just, <laughs> it was just like whoopee cushion deflating. Like, oh, no. and this is before the meeting even starts. So anyway, skip forward to the next day meeting kicks off I get to maybe slide three and it was just like questions 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 like I didn't even oh no and so you have to like start skipping around yeah you can't tell the story I hate that it was definitely a challenge and I think I think it wouldn't have been as bad if I hadn't committed to like, I'm going to crush this. So like I had played the way this meeting was going to go. And it was like, I'm going to go in with my 55 slides and it's just going to be like, boom, this is what we're doing. We're winning. This is why we're winning. Look at my slides. Look at my charts. Like I was ready. I had the delivery in my head and the level of it didn't go that way at all mm. was just on 10. And I think What really happened was there was like a set of expectations that were not aligned. So like I had a vision for how I was going to communicate where this business was and the direction we're going and why and how I think it's going to work. And I laid it out in the way I thought was best, but I'm still learning the language of investors and stakeholders and stuff like that. And like just realizing that that language isn't always the same. And I mean, that's one of the reasons you get a board as a seed stage company. Like a lot of companies wait till after series A to get like a proper board. I personally felt like I could use sort of the check-ins of like a serious board and and even outside of a board, but like more consistent check-ins with investors and key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And so I welcomed 
these sort of meetings because I recognize that like it does prepare you earlier on. And I think there's like, it's never too late to start. But on the other hand, you're still like learning as a seed stage founder. Of course. So there's just a gap in like what you don't know. And the hardest part of it is you don't always know what that gap is. Like what you don't know. Yeah. After I got that first slate of feedback, I was like in rally the troop mode. So I like, I'm in this on deck fellowship and I like hit up some folks in the Slack, like who's really good at like this kind of meeting. Mm -hmm. And then like I hit up some of my founder friends and I was like, where am I missing the mark in this thing? And that was hard. Like it was, I in my career as an entrepreneur, I have never been that level of vulnerable before. Mm, With other founders? Yeah, never. Mm. Like it's always been like, let's share fundraising contacts. Like being vulnerable around fundraising needs is actually like comparatively easier than being vulnerable around not knowing how to translate what you're trying to say Mm -hmm. or... Or get to a place. Yeah, like that's actually way harder because we're supposed to be like out here with the like S on our chest because like we've gotten some investment and we've, you know, we're supposed to be on our way. And I think there's pressure to feel like you're on top of it. And in the moment of preparing for this meeting, I realized like, Shrey, you have two choices. You can continue to try to figure this out on your own and not be where you want to be. Or you can, even in this 24 hours before this meeting, try to get some different opinions that aren't from these investors. And it was like, you need to push yourself to say where you're not sure of something or to mm-hmm. or to have something. Because rev- like nothing can start without that vulnerability and openness. Yeah. Because the things that I needed to know, like I literally didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know where the gap was. It was like I was speaking French and they were speaking German, Mm. you know, in that like initial round of feedback. So different, yeah. And it was like, where do I start? I don't feel like I'm getting it and I don't feel like they're getting me. And so you need to reach out to people. And so, and I did that. My friend Vigori. That's great that you did that. It was hard though. I cried. Like I legit cried. Like I remember sharing a couple of the slides and being like, what am I missing here? And like, just being deathly afraid of even doing that. And I did this with founder in Kenya, another founder who's based in uh, Barbados, with some folks in my fellowship cohort. And even though I knew that with only a day between, you know, these conversations in the meeting, I wasn't going to knock it out of the park. I felt like I was going to get closer and I felt like that was my job. And so it was still rough, like going into the meeting and really, really wanting to hit a home run and just not Mm -hmm. and just feeling so far from it. It's really tough. It was rough, but I think the saving grace was like, I know that all the people in that room, that virtual room, want the best for this company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll even go as far to say want the best for me because I think we have a great set of backers behind what I'm doing. And they've been great in this transition. So I think I was able to sort of depersonalize the feedback and be like, all right, 
you know, what here makes sense. And the reality is sometimes you are in the thick of it and not seeing the thing that matters most. Yeah. You know, like we were having some like breakout growth that was like above average that they could see immediately. Oh, wow. And that's great. But I couldn't see it. I knew it was good, but I didn't know like, oh, you really need to key in on that and maybe make some radical shifts. Because mm, you didn't really like know how important it was. Nope, not at all. Interesting. And so I think in the end, the meeting pushed me exactly where I needed to go. Like it pushed me to rethink some of the things I was hiring for because I realized I am still at like 10,000 feet. We've got a pivot level versus like, oh, actually we are pivoting and we're actually doing a bang up job considering the circumstances. And I actually need to be at the like granular level with this to figure out the next step, Mm -hmm. not at the 10,000 foot level. And so I think the other piece of this is a rough meeting isn't a bad meeting. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, and and realizing that like, yeah, there were moments when I felt like, ah, (laughs) but thank God I like have that. The ability to like be pushed and know that in the end, like I still have to make the decisions, but it's almost like, you don't want a co-founder that you can't get into an argument with. Right. Because like, that means nobody cares. And so like, at the end of the day, while I didn't get the like, feeling I thought I was going to get, which is I crushed this. Like, I definitely felt the opposite in the immediate aftermath. There's a lot to learn. And I think it's okay to realize that maybe you're not as far along in one aspect of your business or the space you are as a CEO or a leader in your company and recognizing that is the start of going further. Right. It's not the end of you. Yeah, definitely. So that was my moment. (laughs) That is a really tough moment. I can relate to that. I had something, well, similar-ish happened like last fall Like I just wasn't where I needed to be. And (laughs) when I found out, it was like, I really had to go searching for a lot of answers to figure out how to get there. And the people who told me that are investors, they couldn't really help me to the degree that I discovered other founders could. Mm. And I remember that same feeling of like going to another founder being like, okay, you're killing it at this thing. I actually have no idea how to do this. Yes. Yeah. Like I probably should have an idea how to do this, but I really don't. And feeling like kind of bad and apologetic because like I've done lots of things. I've got lots of background, but I don't know. The truth is, as a founder, you need to be able to do so many different things. Like there's always a new skill to be learning. Yeah. And like you just can't know everything all the time. And it's you got to go ask for help. It's the only way. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I... I know that I am extremely hard on myself. Yeah, me too. We are both that way. Mm -hmm. And so part of it was just like, I really wanted to crush it. Like I really wanted to do well. And so I think the humility required to say like, you know what? I'm just not good at this. And to then say, who is? And let me like lead with like, I'm not good at this. And I think 
sometimes you find like, I talked to this founder about experiments this week. Shout out to Zach Shapiro, like just in case he's listening. But like we were jamming on like experiment stuff. And in like my talk with Zach, it was like, oh, actually, I'm much further along on this part than I thought I was. But then there were like ways to present your data and your metrics that like are in front of you, but like you're not translating it a particular way Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, shit. Like I didn't even know to begin to think about that that way. So it was like that closing the gap of like the stuff that you don't know you don't know. It won't be the last time that I'm in that position, I'm sure. Of course not. I'm sure it won't be. (laughs) And I think for anyone listening, like, I think my only regret in that meeting is that I was so visibly frustrated. Right. I think it's also part of who I am. Like, I am a passionate person. So I wouldn't say I, like, I'm not, like, apologetic about it. Mm -hmm. I think the challenge can be, like, if visibly being passionate about, like, something misconstrues like the reception as if like you're not listening. I think that's the thing where it's like you got to like balance or at least I feel like I have to balance. But I mean, in the end, no matter what you're building, there's like a need to know that you're going to have moments where you miss the mark and that closing that is not always in the places you expect to go, but you have to really broaden your net of where you get information, where you get support, where you're able to just like learn and grow because sort of like the bi-directional like investors, investee thing isn't necessarily the only pipeline for those breakthroughs. Definitely. So yeah. That's a moment. That is a pretty big one. That's my moment. What's going on with you? What's happening? I feel so bad. <laughs> well, I had a bit of a, a personal record scratch this week. Um, so I, okay, this is a confession. I had to update this website. I really needed to. And I had been putting it off for a while. And also it never really looked as good as I wanted it to because I was being like a bit stuck up about coding the whole damn thing myself because I used to do a lot of that. Like I coded websites for years, but I don't have time to do that anymore. Like I can barely have time to like take care of myself, like all the basic necessities of life with my job right now. And so I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to like, I'm just going to use Wix to do this. I'm like, I hope nobody (laughs) notices. (laughs) You don't even want to say it out loud. Like you almost were like, I'm going to use Wix to do it. Like you whispered. I did it and like, you know what? I got it done. And I got it done like in less than the time I thought I was going to do it in. And it looks great. And it like it does everything I needed it to do. And I was like, it was just a personal record scratch because like I probably could have done that like a long ass time ago, but I was being too like stubborn (laughs) to do it all myself. And I think it was a real personal moment for me where I was like a record scratch moment where I was like, okay, I used to think of myself one way. Now I have to think of myself a different way. And like, actually, this is okay. And it does a pretty good job. Well, I'm (laughs) laughing because you sound like you were in my meeting last week because... (laughs) I thought it might be relatable. (laughs) That was literally one of the things. It was like, you think you have to have this website to be a tech company, but like you're a community company. You're like a community and experience company. And it's like happening in all these places. And you're sort of super bullish about it, like all happening at this place. And like, 
you can solve that like other ways. And so there's this like idea of like, yeah, in order to be tech, it's got to be X, Y, Z. And it's and like doing it on Wix feels like sacrilege. It feels like, oh, girl, it does. I'm like, oh, God, if someone like opens up the source to this website, like I'm going to like, you're going to be you know, outed. just be like, just all of a sudden, like, I'll just be blast off this planet. <laughs> but like, what is the chances of that? Actually, I mean, now you're all going to go look, but like, what are the chances of that actually happening? Like, I don't normally go look at people's source, but also like, unless who they're cares? an engineer, <laughs> who cares? Like the reason you did it was because it got you to what you needed it to do. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like building should be first and foremost about what gets you to the place you're trying to go? The goal, yeah. In a way, it was like a hack. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I got it done faster. It was a hack to get it done. Period. Period. And it was like, you know, sometimes real frustrating in there because like, I was like, Ugh, I should just, you know, there's parts where you just want to like open it up and code it. But then mm-hmm. like when you do, it kind of like messes everything up. <sighs> anyway, websites. Um, were there any external record scratch moments that happened in your world this week, Shrey? Man, everything in my life was about that meeting. So I did not have like external record scratch moments, but I did have a record scratch like that happened to me that was like, what is going on? Okay. So, you know, Tastemakers is launching a membership. It's in like super beta right now, but it's been really fun to like grow it and just, just kind of be in the thick of things. Um, with the people that are joining. So we are working on this like African indigenous language learning project because one of the things I feel like sort of creates this divide between the diaspora and the continent is like language. Of course. It's like the divide we don't really talk about. And so I was like talking to some of our members and people got really excited. And so I was looking for like some native Igbo Tree, which is from Ghana, Ibo's from Nigeria, and Swahili, which is spoken in like Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, and I feel like I'm missing one other country. But anyway, I was like, we need some more members that speak these languages natively so that like people can connect and learn like together. And so I was like, at the same time, that made me think like, I just want to make sure this membership works for like a broader swath of people potentially. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I decide like, you know, Twitter feels like texting the universe half the time. Yep. So I put out this tweet and the tweet's like, hey, I'm looking for native Igbo tree and Swahili speakers who love tech community and sharing with others. Um, If I find the right people, you'll get something special from me. That's what I tweet. And like walked away from the tweet, like went about my business. I start seeing my phone like lit up and I'm like, really? What is going on? Okay. I start getting WhatsApps from friends like, yo, you're- It was the tweet? It was the tweet. This tweet has like 500 retweets and counting. Whoa. It's got more retweets than- Why? Than my retweet of Jack Dorsey tweeting me. Like- like, that's the level <laughs> of this tweet. And I'm like, wow, why? So, like, funny enough, I actually, like, talked to Chip, our CTO, and I was like, yo, we got to figure out what happened with this tweet. 
Like, I want to know why this particular, like, is it the language piece? I wondered if it's like something around this idea of people feel seen, like calling out these Mm -hmm. specific languages that like people aren't necessarily always, like, I just, was it the like? Yeah, because you also weren't just like, oh, languages from the African continent. You were very specific specific. about which languages. So it was that. And then I wondered like, what is the thing that people think they're going to get from me that's special? Like there were so many elements to the tweet that I think led to it being like baby viral. But I really want to know. And I really want to talk to like every person that interacted with this tweet. Because I just think it's... That's so interesting. Interesting and likely related to like what I'm trying to build from a community perspective. Definitely. So... That was definitely a record scratch. That's amazing, though. That's so great that that happened. Maybe some people will, listeners will leave comments for us on why they think it was so, such a powerful tweet. Yeah, read my tweet and tell me, like, if you would retweet it and (laughs) why you would do it. Like, that would be a fun, like, experiment. Um, Any, like, non-work related record scratch or, like, interesting moment (laughs) so it's funny you should ask my life is like a thousand percent work right now but I did have a funny like personal record scratch moment which is like maybe this is the new normal so on Friday night uh, or the other night I met up with a friend a friend from New York and I thought we were just hanging out but it was like one of those hangs where like halfway through the hang you're like wait a minute am I on a date now Uh (laughs) The you hang know the feeling, that's right? actually a date. That's the how I got into a whole a date, fiance. Right? So never mind. Just, <laughs> that's how we get into all sorts of things. Yes. But then I'm like, okay, but what do I do now? Like, yeah. what do I actually do? Like, there's nothing I can do in this moment because you can't, it's COVID. Like you can't, like you just can't. That's not okay. Yeah, so, so like in the transition from the like social distance hang to the like, hey girl, like, like date vibes, but like still socially distanced and like, oh, I want to get closer to you. But like, wait a minute, I can't. <laughs> and then like, do you ask, can I see your COVID test results or like, what do you? Yeah, right. Exactly. And so and so that was the thing. I was like, well, shit, you know, like, I guess next time we hang, like if I want a different outcome, <laughs> I'm going to have to go get COVID tested first. That is so. That's literally the only way. Like COVID is the new STD test. Like this is where we are. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, I like left and came to Florida, which is ridiculous because I left the New York epicenter to come to the Florida epicenter. The only benefit is that like the view from the Florida epicenter has palm trees, but I'm still in the house. Yeah. And Florida right now. Because I'm heading back to New York, I'm like letting my hinge sort of do its thing and pick up again. And I'm like, it could be fun to go on it. Like I haven't gone on a date in like, whoo. Six months. Like it's been six months since I've like done a thing, which is a long time. Devastating. Devastating. But yeah, that being said, I have been really trying to figure out like what's the language to kind of move this hinge date to an in real life date? And like, do I just say, like, you know, make sure you get a corona test like 72 hours before we meet? Like Mad formal? Yeah. Like, what do I do? Well, you have to do it for, sooner than that because it takes like a week to get the results. Oh, God. So that- Or more than that. Yeah, like it, that's the thing. There's so much planning involved. Like I was kind of like, okay, 
I guess I should go get like Corona tested like this week. So like maybe we could hang out like next week. Like it's a whole process. And then you don't even know if there's like some exposure happening in between. And you don't even know for sure. And maybe somewhere along the line when you were like coming back from somewhere, like maybe you get Corona. Like it's just so impossible. Who's writing the blog post about like how to date in the time? (laughs) Like I need to step by step. Seriously, like what do you do? Do you like, I don't know, I guess have like a phone call first and see if it's like worth it before you like risk meeting in person because you might kill each other. (laughs) I feel like we have to virtually date for a long time. Like I think we have to like virtual like what like a zoom call like hell no i feel like i mean if it's one thing if it's like a i guess like phone call facetime yeah for like a brand new person it's a little bit intense oh gosh this doesn't sound fun at all let's (laughs) let's move on to culture because this is just like actually you have a culture moment that actually is well in align with the the romantics and the dating and the maybe the soundtrack to our post-covid dating oh yeah the new summer walker album is excellent i was listening to it today jamming out to it i mean it's like super smooth album um but really worth checking out i love what summer walker is all about i think she performed at the BET Awards with Usher? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first time, like, discovering her. Hmm. You know, I'm late sometimes. Like, if it's not Afrobeats, I generally don't know. I think I discovered her, like, last summer. But, yeah, check that out. Okay. What about you? Any culture moments in your world, Shrey? I mean, pop culture ratchet moments. Like, I definitely was watching the Red Table Talk with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. But it was actually good, like... I had only heard like through my friends that I'm quarantining with, like my girlfriend and her daughter. And like, it was only like the like, the salacious snippets. Mm. But the actual like 10 minute situation, like I loved for many reasons. One, because it felt like, well, for the for the listeners who like aren't paying attention to this, essentially Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith had separated a few years ago in their separation. Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, I don't even know if it's called an affair if you're separated. But anyway, she has what she calls one of the funnier moments of the Red Table Talk. She says she had an entanglement (laughs) with hilarious. Like, if you don't watch anything else, you have to watch the part where she calls it an entanglement. But anyway, she gets into this relationship with this much younger singer, August Alsina, who's like a family friend who had like come to the family by being friends with Jaden and I guess had some issues. And so there's a whole thing. She gets into this non, you know, auntie relationship (laughs) with him (laughs) and, you know, it's a thing. And so I think a week ago or a couple weeks ago, August Alsina comes out with like the details of their relationship because it's been like speculated for a long time. So just in case you guys like aren't listening to like the latest drama with Will and Jada, that is your Cliff's Notes. But <laughs> what was interesting to me is that it was the first time I'd seen a man have to, like if you're a politician, it's like the woman has to like stand by 
the man's side after he like did some super messy yeah. or cheating not just situation. And like so many men. Usually it's the other way around. It's always. Yeah. And so I don't know. I was like slightly delighted that it was the other way around. Like, I think the situation's messy, but. And that also that it's like with a younger guy as well, because that's also what happened. I kind of loved all of it. I was kind of like. That's great. It's our turn for this. I was like, I'm glad that we've arrived at this place. Like, I was happy (laughs) about that. I mean, I'm not saying you should cheat, but I'm just saying it was nice. I think. But they were separated. They were. Yeah. So. That part was just, like, an interesting, like, dynamic shift. And then I think the other part I loved about it was just that, like, a real-life representation of, like, marriage being hard AF and, like, seeing a man sort of who, by all accounts, is still fine as hell. Like, Will Smith is still a vibe. (laughs) Definitely a vibe. On today. Vibe check passed. Like vibe check passed. Exactly. If he were a trash video, that's what would happen. But he could also like go be with whoever. And so there was something beautiful about like them just being like, there was this one part where he was just like, I wanted to be done with you. And just like realizing that like the for real, for real love doesn't mean that everything is like, you know, milk and honey like Mm -hmm. so freaking hard and it was no it seems so hard it was good to see them like be like we just still gonna work through this and not like in a weird I'm gonna accept any trash behavior way but like the like I tried to leave you but I still like you better than everybody else so (laughs) why fight it you know like that's kind of how it felt and I kind of was like I don't know as we talk about like post-rona dating and relationship like I like that. I would hope that like we can like love each other enough to be like, I'm really annoyed that you did this thing, but I guess we're still going to do this. Like I would, I, I like the tenor of that. So yeah. Anywho, if you haven't watched it, you should go check out Jada's Red Table Talk series. I'm going to go watch it now. I heard a little bit about it, but now I'm going to watch it. No, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. That's funny. Well, I think we're... Uh, we should wrap up. I Talk to me so. about some takeaways, Shrey. Who shall? Don't have these meetings? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think the first one is really just around this idea that like, look, you're not going to be good at everything ever. Mm-hmm. Like ever. Like ever, ever, ever. You can be... You're going to get super smart at some things, but like... It's okay to not be exactly where you want to be as long as in recognition of that, you are willing to be vulnerable enough to like lean into the places you need to so you can learn. And if you're like Han and I and you have investors and things like that, like Sometimes it's going to be them, but a lot of times, and I would say more often, it's going to be like other networks, maybe of peers or other founders, maybe mentors, or like you just have to do the job of getting to the information. You're not getting the like gold medal for figuring everything out and knowing it yourself and within yourself. It's about like, are you willing to realize you don't know it or realize you're not there and like, figure it out. I think that's one. And I guess like related is just like this constant journey of like trying to put yourself in a situation to 
learn the things you don't know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's still like lockstep with vulnerability. So if you're not willing to ask for help or you're not willing to like go into the unknown, then you don't even give your chance like the serendipitous moment to learn a saw that you weren't even thinking about. So I think those are like my first two. Um, Anything you saw in the story hand that you thought like people should really take away? Well, I think the thing you were talking about, like getting really granular about things. Yeah. was a really good takeaway. Like that as founders, it's easy to sort of stay at that like thousand foot view, especially when you're doing something really big, like a pivot. But actually you need to get down to the ground level and ask the questions like, okay, maybe we don't just need X. Like in order to do Y, what are the detailed things that we actually need here? And how do we accomplish those things in like the fastest amount of time with the scrappiest tools? Yeah. For example, using Wix. Like your Wix. (laughs) Literally like Wix. Like don't be shame, y'all. Don't be shame. Sometimes Wix, I mean, or Squarespace if you want to be bougie, either one. Sometimes that's the answer. No, like that's facts. Like that was a big one. Just like finding a fast way to get to your goal. But like, I think the first part is really identifying those goals in a really granular way, as opposed to just being like an overarching, like, oh, I need this like big, I need this thing to like change this thing, which is kind of easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. That part is easy. The devil is in the details. Like to use a very cliche phrase. It's that. Every single time. That's real, you know. Also, it's time for us to like peace out and wrap up. If you like this, this is episode 10 of It Just Got oh Real. Oh my gosh. We just Double got digits. to 10 episodes. So it's our 10th anniversary. <laughs> if you like us, please consider giving us a good rating and follow us on social media. You can find us at Got Real Pod on Twitter or Instagram and talk to us about the show so that we can find out what you'd like us to talk about next. Peace. Bye.